The car sped toward the yellow convertible, catching up and ramming the already dented rear fender. Tommy looked into his rearview mirror, and Amy twisted around to see what was happening. It took them just an instant to recognize their assailant. The young man held his middle finger up in anger and defiance as the car rammed into the yellow convertible again. Gripping the steering wheel with both hands now, Tommy tried to maintain control, but the third collision pushed the convertible to the side of the road. The fourth sent it hurtling over the edge of the precipice. The wheels were still spinning on the overturned convertible as the killer reached in to check Amy's and Tommy's pulses and retrieve the cell phone. Monday morning, July 31st. The body shop owner inspected the badly dented grill, two smashed headlights, and mangled fender. What did you hit? Another car. Anybody hurt? The lie came easily. No, thank goodness. I can have it ready for you at the end of the week. I need it sooner than that. Look around. The owner pointed to the other cars jammed into the parking lot. I'll pay extra. Name your price. While the repairmen worked, there was time to go around the corner to a coffee shop and get some breakfast. Waiting for the scrambled eggs to come provided the opportunity to study the cell phone that had been in the dead girl's pocket. The last message had been sent not to a phone number, but to an internet address. Brightlights999 at hotmail.com it had been sent at 5.47 p.m. Had Amy managed to get off a message even as she and her boyfriend were being run off the road? Had she transmitted the picture of her attacker's car? Who was Bright Lights? Wednesday, August 2nd. Chapter 1. The alarm clock screeched, and Caroline squeezed her eyelids more tightly. It couldn't be time to get up already. She uttered a low groan as she turned her head to read the insistent green electronic numbers glowing from the clock on the nightstand. Four o'clock. She had to get up. In half an hour, Rodney would be waiting downstairs. Caroline willed herself to throw back the light down blanket and sit up on the edge of the queen-size bed. She sighed as she reached out to switch on the lamp, knowing she had herself to blame. If she had finished her review before she left the office yesterday, she could have had another two or even three hours of sleep now. Better yet, she could have taped the review in the afternoon and not have had to go in at all this morning. As it was, she was barely leaving herself enough time to compose something worthy of airing on Key to America. The nation's highly rated morning news broadcast, in the person of its fanatical executive producer, Linus Nazareth, demanded her best. But a heated conversation with Linus was the reason she had bolted from the broadcast center yesterday before writing her review. Caroline had figured it was better to leave then than to say something she would regret. The warm spray of the shower, usually so soothing, felt like an assault on her pale skin at this ungodly hour. Caroline braced herself as she bowed her head under the needles of water. She applied shampoo with conditioner quickly worked it through her dark brown hair and rinsed. Grabbing one towel and wrapping it turban-style around her head, she took another and moved it up and down her body. 
She didn't wipe the steam from the mirror. If her eyes and face were swollen from the crying she'd done last night, she didn't want to know. But she could thank Linus for it. She was angry with herself now for having let him get to her like that. She didn't even respect the guy. Linus Nazareth possessed none of the characteristics she valued, with the possible exception of being bright. But sometimes Caroline wondered if he really was all that smart. Perhaps his roaring directives and brash manners were his way of masking his insecurities. Enough time wasted on Linus Nazareth, Caroline thought. She gathered up her toiletries and deposited them in her travel kit, which she then placed in the open suitcase lying on the bedroom floor. Tonight, I'll be with Nick. She folded the lace nightgown, Nick's favorite, and carefully laid it on top of the pile of clothing. She was zipping the suitcase closed when she remembered the sandals Meg wanted her to bring up. Caroline walked down the hallway to her stepdaughter's bedroom and went to the double closet. She spotted the soft leather sandals she and Nick had bought for Meg when they'd been in Capri on their honeymoon. As Caroline bent down to get the sandals from the floor, she noticed a Ziploc bag. She picked it up and immediately knew what she was seeing through the clear plastic. Marijuana and rolling papers. Her body tensed as she stared at the bag in her hands. What should she do? Confront Meg? Tell Nick? Caroline had no idea what her response should be. Either choice could blow up in her face. But this was a big problem, one that wasn't going to go away. Conscious of the time, Caroline put the bag back where she had found it. For now, the bottom of the closet was as good a place as any to leave it. She scooped up the sandals and closed the closet door. She walked back to the master bedroom. Dressing in the violet-colored blouse and white skirt she had laid out last night before she crawled into bed, Caroline slipped on a pair of high-heeled sandals, pulled a comb through her wet hair, grabbed her shoulder bag, and hurried out of the apartment, rolling her suitcase behind her. When the elevator doors slid open on the first floor, she looked across the lobby to the heavy glass doors. The driver was waiting at the curb outside. Morning. The man smiled as he opened the rear door of the dark blue sedan. Nice to see you again, Rodney. It's been a while. Thanks, said Caroline, getting into the back seat as the chauffeur took her suitcase and stashed it in the trunk. Most days, the days she was better organized and less rushed, Caroline took a taxi to work, but in the very early morning hours, it was better, safer, and more reliable to arrange for the car service. As the sedan traveled down Central Park West, Caroline heard the buzzing inside her bag and fumbled around until she found her cell phone. Hello? Hey there, sunshine. How's my girl? Nick. Pleasure registered on Caroline's face as she leaned back against the faux leather seat, what are you doing up? I haven't gone to bed yet, my love. Remember, it's only one thirty here. I couldn't forget for a second where you are, Nick, when I'm wishing you were here with me instead. But you didn't answer my question. What are you doing up? Caroline heard her husband sigh 3,000 miles away. The screenplay. The director wanted a change in that scene at the laundromat but I think I have it fixed now. It better be anyway, because I'm not hanging around to do any more work on it.
I'm determined to catch that flight out of LAX this afternoon. I can't wait to get there. Me too. Caroline lowered her voice. It seems like it's been forever. That's because it has been, Nick answered. These three weeks have been an eternity. I miss you. Caroline looked out the car window as the driver turned west on 63rd Street and then south on Columbus Avenue. Well, when you've only been married for three months, three weeks is a long time. A fourth of our married life spent apart, Nick. What's wrong with that picture? I know, I know, he said. We are going to have to do something about that. But I couldn't get out of this trip, sunshine. You said you understood. I do. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Caroline watched as Lincoln Center passed by her window. Okay, it's settled. We both hate being apart. Nick laughed. But it won't be long before I'm staring into those beautiful blue eyes of yours. And by the way, what are you doing up so early? I tried yourself thinking I'd leave a message before I turned in. I didn't expect you to answer. I've got a review in the second hour of the show and I haven't even written it yet. Naughty girl. That doesn't sound like you. What happened? At the last minute, Meg called from Warrenstown and asked if I could bring some things up when I came. That daughter of yours has very specific tastes, and I wanted to make sure I got her exactly what she wanted. It took some time. Caroline omitted telling Nick about the pot she'd found in his daughter's room. Nor did she mention the cutting criticism her boss had hurled her way yesterday. She knew she would tell him all about that when they were together. But she didn't want to get into a discussion about Linus over the phone. That was good of you, Caroline. I know how hard you're trying with Meg, and I so appreciate it.